When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. Dear listeners, I am so glad to be back with you. I missed sharing stories every week. If I had known when I set out for the store the strange thing that would be on the path ahead of me, I would have carried a few extra things. As it was, I had my cell phone, a tissue, one blue earring, two pieces of string, and a folded up piece of paper in my pocket with my shopping list on it. But I took a wrong turn, went under a bridge and found I was a bit turned around. I checked the map app on my phone and found it wouldn't fully load as the signal was weak. I was quite near a familiar park that had a rather large picnic going on, and I walked over to the grass to try to get my bearings. On the fresh grass was a little circle of late summer flowers, and on a lark I stepped inside as I waited for my phone to load, staring at the screen and the poor connection message when I started to listen to the picnickers on the grass nearby. They were talking, and a great jolly laugh came from the group that caught my attention. I tuned in and heard an old male voice comment. Then I turned the second oldest brother down the dark path when he refused to give me a drink, and he was eaten by a bear. Another great laugh rocked the group, and the man continued. Ah the youngest one gave me a drink and I sent him safely through. I glanced curiously over my shoulder and saw that gathered on the blanket was a strange assortment of people and creatures. Short older men with tall red caps, children with smiling dirty faces, sly foxes curled up on women's laps, and a little sign tacked into the grass to guide the other guests to the party read Fairyland Helpful Guides Annual Picnic The first teller for this episode is Brenda Wong Aoki and she is a new teller to the podcast I believe she's the first storyteller on the podcast to have a Wikipedia page and if you'd like to look it up you spell her last name A-O-K-I Brenda Wong Aoki is a playwright, actor, and storyteller. Her work combines Eastern and Western narratives and theatrical traditions such as No and Comedia dell'arte, modern dance, Japanese drumming, and American jazz. I am thrilled to share her stories on the podcast, but I must say there is something missing if you only hear her. As she is trained in so many forms of movement, so much of her telling comes through in her live shows. Should you ever get a chance to see her, or any other storyteller, I would highly recommend it. In this first story, there are gifts and odd surprises, but nothing is as it seems in Brenda Wong Aoki's telling of 
The Mirror. Long, long ago, when tigers smoked long pipes, there was a simple country boy named Kim. Kim lived happily with his father. Now his father was very wealthy, so they did what they liked. They ate songpyeon, sweet mooncakes, and drank soju, sweet potato wine. They didn't bother to remove their shoes when they came home, and they played wato, a card game, all day long. One wild night, after eating and drinking and playing Watto till all hours, the old man suddenly fell to his knees. Gasping for breath, he reached out for his son and placed in his hand a small silk pouch filled with his life savings, 100 gold coins. Son, my son, my life has been meaningless. What have I left you? Nothing, only this, a silly illusion. It's time, go find a wife. So a woman was found and Kim was married. Right away this wife took away their mooncakes and hid their sweet potato wine. Take off your shoes, no wato. Within a week, the father was dead. And Kim walked around with a long, sad face. Then his wife said to him, Now that your dear father is gone, Mama can come and live with us. And Kim agreed, nodding his long, sad face. The next evening, Kim's mother-in-law arrived and said to her daughter, Worthless daughter, what have you to show from your rich husband? Straight away, the wife went to Kim, burst into tears. I'm so humiliated. Mama thinks we have nothing, that I've married a pauper. Quick, go to the city. Buy me something fabulous. Buy me a pure silver comb that looks like that. And she pointed to the silver crescent moon. So Kim took his father's small silk pouch and started on his journey. Now Kim had never been to the big city, and when he arrived, he saw many things. He was pushed, turned around, yelled at. He lost his way and wandered for ten days and ten nights. Why am I here? What was it I was supposed to do? Then he looked up and saw the moon. Ah, yes, the moon. I was supposed to buy something like the moon. So he went to a merchant, pointed to the sky, and asked for something that looked like that. Unfortunately, it was now a full moon. So it was that the merchant gave Kim something very rare and wonderful. A pure silver moon with a magic reflection. It was called a mirror. Kim looked into it. Dad, 
dead. You're not dead. And you look so young. It's a miracle. Shh! Don't say anything. I'll take you home. I'm very pleased with this mirror. How much is it? The merchant asked for 100 gold coins. But that's all I have. Then Kim remembered his father's words. Money is only a silly illusion. So Kim hurried home and put his father in a little box and hid the box in an old shed behind the house. And that very night, father and son drank soju and played wato till all hours. Now the sounds of fun and laughter drifted to the house where Kim's wife was impatiently waiting his return with her treasure. Following the sound, she tiptoed out to the shed and saw him talking to a little box. Where have you been? What are you doing here? Where's my comb? And who are you talking to? Oh, no one. I heard you. She grabbed the box and looked into the mirror. <gasps> a girlfriend? You keep a girlfriend in this box. Oh, sure, she's young and pretty. But look what a bossy nag she is. Mama! Hearing the screams, Kim's mother-in-law rushed in. Mama, look! My louse of a husband keeps a girlfriend in this box! Kim's mother-in-law looked into the mirror. <gasps> She's old! He's wasted all his money on this shrewd old biddy! That's not my girlfriend. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is! She's old! It's Dad! Hearing the commotion, a Buddhist nun, who happened to be seeking donations, stepped inside to see if she could help. Shh! Be calm, my children. They handed her the precious mirror. It is a woman, and look at her face. She is so distraught over the trouble she's caused. She's taken a vow of poverty, shaved her head, and become a holy nun. She belongs with me. So the nun kept the precious mirror, sold it back to the merchant, received the 100 gold coins, and lived happily ever after with this silly illusion. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Snow White Wildlife Photography. Come explore the hidden world of the forest with the princess who can sing the birds to her fingers and has won awards for exploring the hidden depths of the fairy world with her photos. Her stunning work has been featured in the magazines Fairy World Geographic, Dark Forest Photographer, and Tirnanog Journal of Photography. The adventuring queen has wandered the Seven Kingdoms and beyond to capture the shadows of the deep woods 
flashes of light from the northern frost giants, deep red of the poppy fields near the Emerald City, and the motion of Hermes speeding across the heavens. Discover Snow White Wildlife Photography, where the fairest of them all shows you the fairest glimpses of the world. This episode is also brought to you by the new Patreon supporters, Ryan and Rosemary. Ryan has the curious ability to make a perfect slice of toast that, if accidentally dropped, will always land butter side up. And when Rosemary reaches out in spring, the butterflies land on her fingertips to fan their wings. Ryan and Rosemary are also generous supporters of storytelling, which is pretty cool. A big thank you to them and all the other patrons of the podcast. Be like Ryan and Rosemary and become a patron for as little as $4 a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. The rewards for supporting the podcast have been expanded. Postcards, live hangouts, mystery gifts could be yours by going to storystorypodcast.com and clicking on support the podcast. And if you happen to do that, it would be pretty cool. My phone continued to give me trouble, and I still felt turned around, but still very curious about the picnic behind me. It seemed all the helpful guides I'd read about were scattered across blankets, swapping stories, sipping drinks, and scarfing down sandwiches. I watched as the younger ones played Blind Man's Bluff and the older ones threw dice. One poor man lost his hat to an older woman who put it on with a cackle. I looked up as a ball came rolling quite close to the circle of flowers I was standing inside of, and almost without thinking, I moved to pick it up and roll it back to the players. Just before I stepped outside, however, a little girl seemed to appear at my side and touch my arm. I looked at her. She was dressed like a china doll, and her fair hair fell in ringlets around her head. Don't step outside the circle, pretty lady. A gathering of so many guides messes up the roads. Even locals will be a bit confused as they pass by. I looked her up and down. Knowing my stories and my manners, I responded, Thank you very much. Perhaps you can point me in the right direction. The girl smiled with one side of her mouth. Do you have anything to give me? I pulled out the contents of my pockets. The tissue, the one blue earring, the other had been lost, two pieces of string, and the folded-up piece of paper, which was my shopping list. The girl surveyed the items, then picked up the earring and my shopping list. She took the earring and pulled back her perfect ringlets of hair, putting the earring in one of the six earring holes in her ear. The flash of blue next to ruby, pearl, and gold told me that her time guiding had given her quite the treasure trove. She then opened up my shopping list, took a pencil out of a hidden pocket, and wrote toilet paper in neat handwriting and handed it back to me. I realized she was right. I was down to my last roll. I took the list and smiled. That was very thoughtful of you. She responded, go back under the bridge and to the right. There you will find your way through the night. I waved and then stepped back out onto the sidewalk, went under the bridge and to the right. When I came out on the other side, it seemed the sun had gotten rather low. I quickly made my way to the store and home with my groceries, with that packet of toilet paper under my arm. 
The second teller for this episode is Laura Sims, an award-winning performer, writer, and educator, advocating storytelling as compassionate action for personal and community transformation. When I began my storytelling journey, Laura was one of the first storytellers I ever heard. She also organizes storytelling in the Central Park in New York City at the Hans Christian Andersen statue every summer. This is a story from her CD, The King of Togo Togo, and is the tale, The Five Ugly Men. There were once five men who were so mean and so ugly that nobody liked them. The villagers where they lived gave them five dishonorable names. They called the first Eyeless Needle. They called the second Rotten Egg. The third Stingy Fish. The fourth Slippery Banana. And the fifth they named Broken Stick. The villagers lived under the threat of a terrible monster. They took no pity on the five men who had no homes and no work. So one day, the five mean and ugly men left the village and sought their fortune elsewhere. They entered a forest. They walked through the forest until they came to a clearing and stopped. Before them was a palace. The roof was made of crystal. The walls were made of gold. Around it was a beautiful garden. Eyeless Needle said, I see a palace. Rotten Egg said, Let's move in. Stinky Fish said, That smells like a good idea. All of a sudden, the door of the palace opened, and out came the owner, the eight-headed monster. He had three eyes on each head, a long tongue from each mouth. Around his neck was a necklace of skulls. Instead of fingernails, the monster had swords. Slippery Banana said, I have a good idea. Let's kill the monster and move in. A broken stick said, good idea. The five mean and ugly men made a plan. When the eye of day closed, the monster went into the palace to sleep. The five mean and ugly men waited until they heard the eight-headed monster snore. (sighs) Then they snuck into the palace, and each took his position as planned. In the middle of the night, Eyeless Needle, who was hiding underneath the monster's mattress, slid out from the mattress and pierced the monster in the behind. Ouch! Mosquitoes! It's cold! I'll stoke up the embers of the fire! The monster went to the fireplace, blew on the embers. Rotten Egg jumped up out of the fireplace and burst in his face. Pew! I'll get some water! The monster went to his dresser, 
lifted up the water pitcher. Stinky fish jumped out of the pitcher, slid down the monster's tiger-skin pajamas. The pitcher broke into a hundred pieces. Now oh, go downstairs to the well for water. The monster started walking down the stairs, slipped on slippery banana, fell down the stairs. Broken stick was waiting at the bottom of the staircase. Jumped up and beat him 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 and beat him, and beat him until he was dead. Then the five mean and ugly men pushed the monster out the door and buried him in the garden. Then they moved in to the palace. Meanwhile, the villagers realized the monster was gone. So they went to the palace to see what had happened. And when they discovered the five mean and ugly men and heard their story, they rewarded them with five honorable names. They called Eyeless Needle C forever. They called Rotten Egg round and white as the moon. They called Stinky Fish sweet, swift swimmer. They called Slippery Banana clever skin. And Broken Stick they named Branch that blossoms. So it was that the five mean and ugly men lived happily and honorably ever after. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Brenda Wong Aoki and Laura Sims on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was Alexis Cooley. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. You can visit the visual candy for the fairy tale sponsor ads on Story Story Podcast Instagram or Facebook page. While you're there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. You'll hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music.